0: Welcome to the Live Move Feel podcast. I'm your host Gemma Aitken. I'm an exercise physiologist with close to 15 years experience and movement is my cup of tea. Now we know that there's a strong link between movement, mindset and lifestyle. So I hope this podcast will leave you with a few takeaways that allows you to live your life to the fullest. So put your earbuds in, get moving and I hope you enjoy this episode. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Live Move Feel podcast. Now in today's episode, I am wanting to look at different ways that you can manage fatigue without deloading. So one of the questions that comes up is, do we always need a deload to manage fatigue? And sometimes the answer here is actually no. So a deload isn't always going to actually help us if our fatigue is being caused by other factors. Now, there are so many considerations that we can look into beyond a common deload when it comes to contributors to fatigue. So, everything from your lifestyle factors to program design, and all of these can actually help with the proper management to reduce and manage your signs of fatigue. So, these can also actually help us avoid the need for regular or frequent deloads if we're staying on top of these other factors. Now, when we're training um, and in our day-to-day, the goal is going to be to recover effectively and progress your training for as long as possible okay? without any regressions. So although deloads play a really important role in achieving that goal, um, and helping us to maintain you know, regular progression and see progress within a training block and between sessions, it's equally important to make sure that we're doing everything we can with the tools that we have before we actually decide to back off our training. So what we can look at is a review of our lifestyle factors. We can look at training program design, Um, And these can be really effective means of identifying things that may actually be contributing to excessive fatigue. And from there, we can then make changes to whatever these might be, whether it's our lifestyle, our routine, our habits, um, stress management systems, or even our programming that is actually going to allow us to better stay on top of our recovery. So one other thing I'm just going to add in here, although deloads are important, Uh, and they are probably going to be a part of any well-structured training program, if you are needing frequent deloads, so every, again, this is gonna depend on the athlete, but if you're needing very frequent deloads, then it could be a case of assessing perhaps how effectively you're actually managing your lifestyle factors outside of the gym, or if your training program design is actually appropriate um, in allowing you to not only make progress, but also to recover adequately between your training sessions and training cycles. So in this episode today, what I'm going to go through, I'm going to look at 10 different ways that you can manage fatigue without deloading. So there's going to be 10 different factors and things that you can consider. Um, And I'd like to think of these more as a checklist that you can use to assess other factors that might be contributing to your fatigue. So if any of these stand out to you as red flags, Um, then I'd encourage you to actually explore them in a little bit more detail. Okay, so I'm going to run through those 10 factors now. Um, Grab a notebook if it's something that interests you, or just keep an ear out for, as I said, any factors where you're like, oh, mm, that could actually be something that I can improve on to help manage my fatigue and improve my recoverability. So let's start with some of these that are going to be pretty straightforward. Firstly, if you find that you are regularly fatigued, one thing that I'd encourage you to do, and this should be top of everybody's list, is to review your sleep quality and your sleep quantity. So we know as athletes that, um, or even for the general population, we're needing a really good seven to nine hours of quality sleep per night. And this is without waking frequently. Um, It's being able to fall asleep within a reasonable amount of time and to actually stay asleep. So I know that this is probably my Achilles heel for me personally when it comes to fatigue um, and it's obviously something that I'm working on and have been working on for a while and improving my sleep hygiene, um, managing my stress levels because for me I think they contribute to um, the quality or perhaps lack thereof when it comes to my sleep um, but I think it's really important to place a big focus on your sleep routine and your sleep hygiene because we know that a poor night's sleep and not just one poor night's sleep, but even having multiple Nights where your sleep quality or quantity is compromised or suboptimal, it's going to have a significant impact on um, a lot of the things that are going to happen in the day or days after that. Okay, so firstly, if you're regularly fatigued, please check your sleep quality. So make sure that it is good quality sleep that you're getting, um, but also make sure that you are getting enough. So we really want to be waking up feeling rested and feeling that we have the energy to go again uh, for that particular day. Okay, so that is number one. Now, the second thing that we can look at when it comes to a factor that will contribute to fatigue is our ability to manage stress. So you'll probably know if you're a high-stress person um, or if you're someone who's pretty laid back and generally very relaxed during the day. Now, I have included um, stress and stress management on this list because we know that exposure to prolonged stress can actually have a negative impact on our mood, on our energy levels, and also linking back to the first point, our sleep quality. So how we manage stress is going to be dependent upon, I guess, what the source of that stress is, um, but also on how it is actually impacting you as an individual. So if it is work stress, for example, we might... Need to improve our communication with our boss or our team leader. We might need to actually be looking at realistic deadlines. Um, We may even actually need to say no sometimes if we have more than enough on our plate as it is. Um, Or we might need to be removing something else from our current schedule or allocating that to perhaps another colleague to give you more time to get things done. Okay, so work stress. For a lot of people I know can be quite a significant factor um, and that is going to have an impact on other areas of your life as I said possibly for a lot of people their sleep um, and if that is compromised we are then going to notice most likely that we have an increased level of fatigue if that is a stress that is prolonged over a period of time and um, Other ways that we can look to manage our stress, it might be something as simple as putting aside 10 to 15 minutes when you can just to focus on your breathing um, or being more mindful when you're sitting there having your morning coffee, just having those five or 10 minutes to yourself. It might look like taking an hour or two each week to do something that fills your cup. So this might be reading a book. It might be going for a surf, spending time outside. Um, It might look like spending time with family and catching up with friends or it may actually be having some time to yourself. Getting a massage, having your nails done, any of those things that is going to allow you to better manage your stress levels. Um, And funnily enough, it might actually be getting to bed earlier. And if you're like me, I know sometimes when I've got a lot on my plate and I might be sitting there at night um, catching up on some admin or doing some work or replying to client emails that are urgent and I haven't had a chance to get to them during the day. You know, it is a source of stress. I'm like, I know this is cutting into my sleep time. you know, so that is going to have an impact on my sleep um, on that particular night as well, and hence it's likely also going to leave me feeling a little bit more fatigued than normal the next day. So, being able to manage our stress levels um, can have a significant impact and flow on effect to our energy levels. So that is point number two: stress management. Another factor that can contribute out to our fatigue is our nutrition and hydration. So we really want to be dialing in our nutrition and hydration if we notice that we have um, perhaps an increased level of tiredness or fatigue. Um, So looking at things like, are you actually drinking enough water? Okay. Are you actually eating enough? So we know that low energy availability or dieting over an extended period of time is going to have a negative impact on your energy levels as well as your ability to recover. So other things you can look at here, are you actually eating the right types of food to fuel your training needs? Um, Do you need more carbohydrate? Are you falling chronically short on certain micronutrients or vitamins or minerals? Um... Are you trying to train fasted? So all these little considerations need to be taken into account depending on the individual. So reviewing your nutrition and hydration strategies, again, if you've noticed that perhaps these are suboptimal, can be really helpful in helping to improve our energy levels and also helping to manage our fatigue. So if you're unsure where to go from here, guys, or if you are perhaps... Aware that you know you're not getting in enough carbohydrate, or your nutrition and general energy intake is quite low, um, what I would suggest you do is actually speak with an accredited practicing dietitian or an accredited sports nutritionist, um, just to get some ideas and suggestions around to what strategies you can implement to help bring up your um, nutrition and hydration if you feel that they are the limiting factor for you. Now. Another thing we need to look at is actually finding our ideal number of training days. So if you're tired, ask yourself, do you really need to be training six or seven days a week? And I think for most people, unless you are a high level endurance athlete, the answer is probably going to be no. So ask yourself if you can actually scale back your training days to perhaps just four or five days a week. So I think one thing that seems to be hammered into us um, as we're growing up is that more is better. If we go harder, if we do a little bit more, if we add in an extra set, if we add in an extra training day, we are going to get better. We are going to get stronger. We're going to get faster. We are going to build more muscle and it's going to happen more quickly. Now, I know one thing that I have learned over the years, and I've probably learned this the hard way, but more is not always better. So there is a point with our training of what we call diminishing returns. So there is a point where if you continue to do more, you are not actually going to be getting any more gains or seeing any more progress from that extra training load um, or extra training volume, I should say. So more is not always better, guys. So finding your ideal number of training days um, can be very, very helpful. So my next point is going to actually elaborate on that. And one thing that we can also do to help us manage fatigue is to start to get an understanding of what we call our minimum effective volume and our maximum recoveral volume. So I'm just going to explain what those terms are. So your minimum effective volume is what is the least amount of training that you can do while still making progress. So that's gonna be the minimum volume of training that you need to have an effective outcome. Okay, so that's your minimum effective volume. For someone that might be three days per week we then also need to understand what our maximum recoverable, (laughs) let me say that again, your maximum recoverable volume is. So this is going to be the maximum amount of training that you can do while you are still recovering and making progress. Okay. Now, you're not necessarily going to know this overnight. These are things that you are going to start to gauge an understanding of through trial and error, over time and through personal experience. Okay, so when you know your minimum effective volume, so what's the least amount that you can do while still making progress and your maximum recoverable volume, so how much training you can do while you're still recovering, we then... Ideally, want to be sitting somewhere in the middle of those two points for the majority of our time. Okay, so occasionally we might push towards the upper end of our maximum recoverable volume towards the end of a training block, for example. But we're not wanting to sit there week in and week out. Okay, because we will reach a point where, again, we likely or possibly run the risk of overtraining. Um, We notice ourselves with an increased level of fatigue and we're going to have to scale things back. Now, as I said, this is not um, necessarily for newcomers to training. You're not going to know this straight straight away and it will take time to work out. Um, If you are newer to training, one thing that I would suggest is to go one day on, one day off. Okay, so have one training day, one rest day, for example. Now, um, as I said, if you are looking to work this out, And I'll give you a practical example. Let's say your minimum effective volume is going to be three days. Okay. So you can do three days of training each week and you notice that you're still just making some progress. And you might notice on other times that you can get away with maybe six days of training as your maximum recoverable volumes. You can do six days of good training. You can do that for several weeks and you're making progress, but you're still just recovering. Okay, So ideally, if you know your minimum is three and your maximum is six, then we're wanting to be aiming to sit between maybe four to five days per week of training. So that would be an ideal training volume okay, to allow you to one, continue to make progress, but two, also to stay on top of your recoverability, okay? So that you are managing fatigue that way as well. Now, if we take this another step further, one thing we know that can be a huge contributor to fatigue is junk volume. So if you notice that you're doing a lot of extra training um, and extra sets and reps, perhaps based on your programming, or you're adding in extra training days or extra training sessions, Um, In addition to what what your coach has outlined, this is likely going to be junk volume. So I'll let you in on a secret as well because I've been there on this one um, and it's an absolute killer. So as I said before, more is not always better um, and we don't always need to be doing more to progress. One thing I think is really important to remember is that better is better. Right. So sometimes there is actually room to improve the quality of our work within a training session rather than just adding more to it. Okay, so we can focus on things like tempo. We can focus on the tension that we are generating within a muscle, the control of a movement, the execution, um, the connection that we're getting between our mind and between the muscle that we are wanting to work. Okay, so better is better. Make your session better quality because there is always room to do that before we actually add more okay so make sure you're actually following the program that your coach is setting and you're not adding in, you know, anything else unnecessarily on top of that. So we probably don't really need, you know, a sixth set of hip thrusts and you probably don't need to do deadlifts and rdls in the same session. And 30 sets of, you know, back exercises every week is probably doing more harm than good. So ditching the junk volume Focusing on quality within your sessions, making them as good as you can, focusing on your execution um, can also be another way that we can actually scale things back um, but actually still make progress. Okay, and if we're scaling things back and focusing on quality of our work, again, we're probably going to be in a much better position to manage our fatigue than if we're doing um, anything in excess of that on a regular basis. Okay, so that was point number six. Um, Now, the seventh thing that I have on my checklist here is to undulate your intensity. And I'll explain what I mean by this. So basically what I mean when I say undulate your intensity is that we're wanting to moderate load, rep ranges, um, RIR or reps in reserve or RPE, so rate of perceived exertion, if you use these forms of measures across a session or a week or a training phase. So When we are undulating our intensity, we actually see this within, some of you might be familiar with a daily undulating program type um, style of programming. So for lower body, if I give you an example of this, it might be heavy at the start of the week where you are doing a heavier load, so a higher weight, but lower reps. Middle of the week, we might then move to a light phase where we're using a lighter load, lighter weight but we are doing higher reps. And then at the end of the week for your third lower body session, if you're doing one, it might be moderate. So we're dropping back towards moderate loads, somewhere in between heavy and light, and we're doing a moderate number of reps. Okay, So that's a daily undulating program. So if you're doing heavier weight at the start of the week for lower reps, we might be working in the perhaps the four to six or the six to eight rep range, we might have a session in the middle of the week where we're going much lighter with the weight and our reps might be around that perhaps 15 rep mark, 15 to 20. And then towards the end of the week, as we come towards a moderate um, load training session, our rep range might be sitting more around that 10 to 12 rep mark. So that is another way, undulating our intensity. So we're not always Doing heavy loads in every session, um, or we're not always doing high reps in every session, because both of those are going to have a negative impact over time on um, our ability to recover, on our central nervous system, and things like that. So we don't need to be working towards a one IR sorry one rir or a failure on every set, and we don't we definitely don't need to be working at an rpe of ten out of ten on every set either. So undulating our intensity, some days we might work towards maybe a three RIR. So we might, you know, stop at around three reps in reserve. So around three reps away from failure. Other days we might push that a little bit further. Okay. So having a program um, that moderates your intensity can be really, really helpful when it comes to managing fatigue. Now, On that point as well, if we go a little bit further, it is also important to avoid using volume escalations. Um, These are things such as drop sets unnecessarily. So unless they're really, really needed. And this is gonna go back into one of my previous points in ditching the junk volume. So volume escalations where you're adding in drop sets, they do have their place. Okay. They definitely do, but they're not always necessary. And what they're going to be doing is they're going to be adding in additional volume, um, additional load, additional training time, um, additional stimulus. And ultimately they do have the potential to contribute to additional fatigue and lower your recoverability. If you're using volume escalation's on every set of every exercise within a program, okay? So use them sparingly, use them as a training tool and just make sure where you are putting them in that they're not actually starting to fall into that junk volume category. Now, another thing that I think is really important, we do see this quite frequently in the gym is to stop introducing novelty for the sake of it. Okay, so you don't need to be chaining, changing up your programming and you don't need to be doing something different every time you come into the gym. Now, what we know here is that the impact of learning a new movement pattern is going to have an impact on our CNS or our central nervous system. So novelty and changing the stimulus for new exercises or movement patterns can be good. Um, but if we're doing it all the time, we can actually be contributing to an increased level of fatigue because your body is going to be constantly challenged and your nervous system is going to be constantly stimulated to learn a new skill or movement pattern, okay? So um, changing up your exercises within a program Does have its place, absolutely. Um, And I definitely don't expect anyone to be following the same program in and out for four, five, six, seven months at a time unless it's working for them. Um, But make sure, guys, when you're introducing new exercises, that it's accounted for and it's factored in at an appropriate time. So, as I said, it's definitely not something that we should be doing, you know, every week. We shouldn't be starting a new program. We shouldn't be running a new set of exercises in every session. So, sticking with the Same program for a period of time. So it might be four to six weeks, might be sort of, you know, eight to 12 weeks in some cases can be really beneficial. It's gonna give you the chance to actually master the movement patterns um, required for that particular exercise. So it gives you a chance to get better at it. When we can get better at something, we can actually execute it um, more efficiently. So it's going to give us the chance to actually lift heavier um, and progressively overload that exercise. Whereas if we're changing things up all the time, yes, there's a stimulus in there, but it's going to be a different type of stimulus. Okay, so um, sticking with a program is going to have its benefits, changing your exercises every now and then is equally going to have benefits. But we just need to make sure that when we are changing things up, as I said, it's factored in at an appropriate time, um, and it's accounted for within your programming structure. Okay, so that's point number nine, just be mindful of introducing novelty for the sake of it on a too regular basis. And then Lastly, and again, I have almost touched on this a little bit earlier, but we really don't need to be testing our one rep max or our three rep max every week. So unless you have specific goals around strength, um, and an example here might be your power lifters or your Olympic lifters, then for the majority of us, there just isn't a need to be testing your one RM or your three RM on a regular basis. So you might actually be working towards this for a period of time or within a certain phase of your training Um, but even then we're generally not going to be testing this every week or even every second week Um, it's likely going to be tested you know towards the end of a particular training block so it might be every four or six weeks um, even out to eight weeks for some people depending on their training program and their particular goals okay so let me wrap all of that up in a quick summary Do you need to manage fatigue by deloading? Is that the only way? And the answer to that is no, it's not the only way to manage fatigue. And it is really, really important that we actually start to uh, take into consideration some of the other lifestyle factors and programming factors that can be contributors to fatigue if they are not managed well. Okay. So if you are regularly fatigued, again, I would encourage you to run through this quick checklist make sure all of these things are actually in place before you jump straight into a deload with your training because you may find um, once you tick some of the boxes off on this checklist and some of these factors are actually improved and become more optimal um, you may not actually need to deload as regularly as you feel you do so again make sure your sleep quality and quantity is on point Make sure that you've got good stress management systems in place. Point number three is to dial in your nutrition and hydration. And then point number four is to find your ideal number of training days. Okay. And then on this as point number five, start to gauge an understanding of what your minimum effective volume is and your maximum recoverable volume. So how little can you do and still make progress and how much can you do while still recovering? And then we want to sit somewhere in between those two. Point number six is to ditch the junk volume, okay? So more is not always better, better is better, okay? In a lot of situations, people will actually benefit from improving their execution um, of exercises and their training quality. Point number seven is to undulate your intensity. So we can't go heavy all the time. We can't do hard reps all the time. It can be beneficial to um, undulate between those and vary your training around your load and around the rep ranges that you are using. Point number eight is to avoid using volume escalation. So drop sets unnecessarily, Um, they can be programmed in, but they will have their place in a program, um, but use them sparingly and as needed. Point number nine, guys, stop introducing novelty just for the sake of it. Um, Be prepared to stick with a program for a reasonable amount of time so that we're not overloading our central nervous system with the impact of learning new movement patterns and new exercises every single week when you come into the gym. And then lastly, avoid, if this is you, avoid testing your one rep max um, or your three rep max every week. So unless it's a necessary part of your training, um, and even for most people, I would probably question whether it is actually something that needs to be tested every week and whether we can actually progress on that every week. Um, But factor that into your training block Um, if it is a goal of yours on an appropriate basis so on that note i am going to wrap up i hope you have found that useful so a deload as i said is not always going to be the most effective means of managing your fatigue if the cause of your fatigue is from other factors All right, guys, have a wonderful week. Make sure that you um, pop a screenshot of this up on your story, please. If you enjoyed it, please tag me at GemmaLee underscore XFizz. You can also hashtag the Live, Move, Feel podcast. And on that note, put your earbuds in, keep moving, and I'll be back with another episode soon.